On this episode of Getting Scaried Away, we're joined by actress and horror expert, Marnie Stone. In this two-part episode, we're going to dive into the 90s teen slasher cycle and all of its meta glory. good i i just said hi hello how are you doing good to myself oh. like i didn't even <laughs> let you i didn't even let you have an opportunity to answer everybody else involved in this conversation doesn't matter I it's like, only i was like this is a podcast of only me hi <laughs> hello rhiannon how are you i'm doing well thank you okay. i will say though sometimes i'll sneeze and i'll say bless me thank me and it's a very not natural thing to do no that's very weird um oh, so i that's say a- blessings so Oh, I like that. Even if it's me. And like, I don't know if that is a Western New York thing, but I also, when I sneeze, will Mm -hmm. say, oh, bless me. I I say bless. I just, just bless. Yeah, I know. Well, I think we're in such an age now where everything needs to be shortened. Yeah. So bless is sufficient I you'll just say. you'll sneeze on the opposite end of the apartment and i'll just yell bless i'll be like thank <laughs> blessings just just, just shorten it. thanksgiving so we're thanksgiving. here <laughs> we are here with a very very special guest for the now second time <laughs> yes yes Thunder unfortunately <laughs> yes i will i'll throw in some applause underneath that <laughs> our, our wonderful audience did not get to hear the first round because we lost it so tragic that's one of the downsides about starting a podcast is that you you learn how to save files lesson learned <laughs> but we we got there and now we're we've had we've had some guests and we've troubleshooted and we're good to go that's right so with that we would like to formally introduce our guest So we are joined by a very, very special person, someone that is near and dear to both of our hearts. She has acted, directed, written from Western New York all the way out to California, and we are just so excited to have her on the show. Please welcome Marnie Stone. Hello! Marnie! Applause, cheering. Yeah. You'll add all those sounds. (laughs) Not DJ. Jason Derulo. Like, you'll just add in all those. (laughs) Yeah, Marnie, thank you for sitting with us for the now second time. It is absolutely my pleasure. No worries. I'm happy to do it. It's so, so cool. So uh, today we are going to, I don't know why my voice cried. <laughs> today uh, we are going to be talking about slashers, the mm-hmm. waves of slashers. Specifically in the 90s. We're going we're gonna to try to stay in the 90s teen slasher cycle, would you say? Correct. Yes, yes. They're okay, also so, known, well, I was looking up other terms for it when it started, uh, basically it's heyday was in like the um, mid to late seventies to early eighties was the first like official teen slasher cycle where you had like um, Halloween, of course, and then uh, like prom night and terror train, all the Jamie Lee Curtis juggernauts of that time. Um, But they used to be called, I was looking up terms that like critics would call them when people were still unsure what they were watching and how to accurately review them. So some of my favorite ones were teeny kill pics. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> uh, stalker films. Of course, slasher films, splatter films. Ooh, uh, messy. Vi- yeah, right. Violence against women films, knife films. <laughs> and uh, the best so far from a review, I want to say it was a review of Prom Night, was Slasher Local Teenager Features. <laughs> oh, just like the most unentertaining 
title yeah i love how lazy some of them are like knife films like how yeah. <laughs> knife knife films i don't like all of them are like funny except for the violence against women films i don't yeah, like that that's at all. A yeah. Ball. yeah that one was it's it's all like oh teeny bopper slaughterhouse <laughs> and then it's like we are going to brutally butcher a woman oh my right. god Feature. right that one just gets so dark and like men die too <laughs> I mean, maybe Correct. not as like gratuitously, but they still yeah. do. That's usually the that's usually the case is that uh, men get like the one. I kind of saw that trend starting in like the Friday the Thirteenth, where the guys, the uh, male campers, would just get like shot with an arrow or like just mm-hmm. slashed, like bat, bapped in the head, bapped, um, bapped, <laughs> bapped. <laughs> but the bapped, but you're. <laughs> But the women get these like gratuitous, like long, usually like sexually exploitative deaths, right? Especially in, I know I'm not staying in the realm that we thought we were going to stay, but I think it's important to lay the groundwork for where, of course. you know, um, in Texas Chainsaw, like a lot of, like most of the dudes died very quickly. Right. Um, that's and a good then, point. And uh, you have the one girl gets like meat hooked. Oh yeah. Right yeah. in the Yikes. house. And then there is another really bad one. And the dudes are just kind of like, yep. There you go. The dude in the woods was pretty brutal, but that I mean, was pretty bad. Yeah. In comparison, I mean that meat hook kill is just like, Ugh. Oh, yeah. and then the one, Oh, is that the same woman that was stuffed in the freezer? Yes. Too? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Meat hooked right to freezer. You know, um, yeah <laughs> well and then, and then in um hopefully i don't step on any toes here but another movie that i thought about slumber party massacre mm. that's all <laughs> you know like very female heavy we watched a whole thing about you know the, the making of and um and the producers cool. like absolute necessity for a certain level of nudity Mm-hmm. like he wouldn't produce a film without like a certain number of minutes of nudity because that's what sold movies well that whole right. shower scene scene in uh was it two the second one it was one of them or it yeah. might have been the first one but there was this whole like gratuitous shower scene in oh where it just panned down to the i think that was the like, first one that was yeah. the first one and it's just like okay okay nothing about the story just no. shows them in we, the showers we and get then they're in a shower shows their butts and then says can you pass the soap <laughs> you know how, how women talk to each other in the shower yeah, yeah of course oh, can you please pass this soap? yeah we all share one bar of soap. Bar. um anyway I, I just want to get a little bit of background from you i want i want to just ask sort of like just kind of what got you into horror and what fascinated you about the genre what still fascinates you things you love i mean what i guess we'll start with what got you into horror yeah oh okay i really want to credit my dad i believe uh because he was the one and this is a uh twofold credit because he introduced me to rocky horror at a very very young age which not that that's a horror movie but I mean, it kind of is. I would say so. Yeah, um, that especially totally counts. if you, yeah, especially if you think of it from Brad and Janet's perspective. That's a I mean, that's terrifying. <laughs> um, it's a horror movie, <laughs> right? Uh, and that also got me into musical theater, which is another passion. It's like horror and musicals. That's basically my two jams. <laughs> yeah, but um, us too. Yeah, and I think specifically the slasher and the 90 the 90s slasher cycle i'm drawn to that the most out of i mean i love all kinds of horror from all different like structures of horror films like sure paranormal i can find like i like the insidious franchise and i loved what you know blair witch and paranormal did for found footage and wreck is an amazing franchise oh great um, super it gets a little goofy in the later ones but it's it's super fun if you guys have seen that whole um i think there's four i think there's four yeah the films. fourth one is just like off the rails it's pretty great though um, it's fun oh it's a, it's a roller coaster i think oh and of course like I love me some hitchcock of course and we wouldn't have anything else without you know his uh, line of work especially because what is a main uh, staple in a teen slasher 
is um, a whodunit format as opposed to a cipher format, which the cipher is more, um, it equates more to the 80s cycle because okay. the cipher is more um, about what it's um, like, what caused it more than who caused mm. it. So mm. that's like, oh, you're Michael Myers. Like we all know it's him but we don't know why he does what he does or like Friday the 13th eventually after, um, after, uh, part five, was it? No. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm more saying like after, uh, part two, cause I, oh. spoil, spoilers, it was his mom. It was Pamela Voorhees. <laughs> Who's the killer I, in the first one? I thought for sure you were referencing the one where it was Roy Burns. Oh, I need more like, um, I, I think the point I was trying to make is that with your Michael, your, uh, Jason and your Freddie, mm-hmm. it's more about, uh, what they are and how they got there as opposed to like the whodunit like mystery. Cause we already yeah. know who's doing it. Like from jump, we know Freddy Krueger is the one terrorizing all the kids. Right. Right. We don't necessarily know why. Even when we get the explanation from Nancy's mom, we're still like, okay, but how, like, where do these powers come to resurrect this, like, alleged, you know, pedo from the ground? Like, you never really. <laughs> yeah. And why are these seemingly normal people, with the exception of Jason, not able to die? <laughs> no matter right. what we do to try to kill them, why right. are they dying? <laughs> right. Um, and I, yeah, I think. I prefer, I prefer the more like a whodunit like mystery. And that's what the teen slashers are for the most part. It's that it sticks to that format. I believe that, um, our, our first one in the cycle in 96 scream did it the best. Um, and then everything that came after, unfortunately was kind of hot off its trail, trying to replicate that magic. And it, it, yeah. There are some really great entries further down the list that did something different. And, you know, you were kind of baffled a bit, um, but unfortunately, it was very hard to replicate what Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson had with Mm. Scream itself. Yeah, well, I feel like they kind of set the groundwork for a lot of horror, not only horror to come, but horror in that age I mean, Scream came out and then all of a sudden you get all of these movies that are mm-hmm. not clones or copies necessarily, but they're definitely going for the same sort of whodunit slasher-esque movie. I mean, I know what you did last summer. Was that pre-Scream? So oh, it was, it was, written, written, it was yeah. written before, but it was shot after. That's right. We talked about that. The first time we recorded, which yeah. <laughs> mm. it's hard to keep track of those. Well, <laughs> I mean, kind of like speaking to something that we just watched really recently and actually just did an episode on. If you're looking for just like a fun slasher whodunit, it's literally a stra- slasher murder mystery. Um, we just watched Murder in the Woods. And I think that oh, it, right. mm-hmm. it just released... Yeah. Um, in drive-ins pretty much like in in a certain cities only i think there were some in california but i don't know exactly where but it was it was really fun it was yeah. a fun um slasher and that whole same type of mystery like we were kind of trying okay. to guess the whole time who it was going oh. to be so it is so is it i haven't seen it yet is it uh right to say that it's like an homage to the 90s kind of slasher is it like uh kind of i mean they're they definitely pull from different eras i guess yeah i mean they're not afraid of paying homage to different you know films before it which is really cool i like when movies are gung-ho about referencing other films right but um, But it's it's just done a little bit differently it's um it's a mexican-american film and very diverse cast and they it's danny trejo right is yes. he... he's so good we love him. <laughs> yeah he's wonderful he can do um, me no wrong and they uh you know like they have some references from like other mexican-american films and then just like latino culture uh and those types of things so it's a, a nice mix of a couple different genres that we really enjoy mm-hmm. yeah so we get movies like that still to this day that are pulling from that feel that yeah. 90s 
that, that think, sort of originate not a, i would i can't say it originated from the 90s but i think it was sort of perfected popularized, in the yeah. 90s yeah like i we talked about it a little bit our uh take one <laughs> I wonder how many times we're going to have to say that in this episode. <laughs> I know. Well, I tried. You know what I did? I watched um, a film that's going to be further down, like towards the end of um, the, the third cycle, the third yeah. slasher cycle. And I also have something that I connected that I didn't before. Oh. So there's going to be a fresh It's kind of nice to get a take, take. too. Yeah, yeah, this is perfect. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. I forgot what I was going to say, though. God, that happens so often in my in my old age. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, yes, at the time of recording this, Marnie just celebrated her her can I say? Yeah, of course. She just celebrated her thirtieth birthday. Yes. That's right. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. Thunder is so wise. Yeah, once you once you hit thirty, you like the memory just goes. Is that yeah, of is course. that what's to yeah. expect for us? <laughs> okay yeah you'll wake up you'll have pimples and wrinkles on your face it's so cool uh no i'm just kidding no that's not actually a joke that happens but (laughs) oof no it's like that sweet spot between puberty and old age Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) that's exactly what it is so i do just want to ask you um Mm -hmm. because i know a lot of your master's degree was (laughs) spent studying horror so what specifically about horror did you study and what what made you want to go for that i actually well i knew uh going in that i wanted to do a thesis on musical theater and i knew that you know you have x amount of pages well you don't you can you can go as long as you want but it has to be like 60 or 50 Mm. or something like that Um, okay So I knew that I could only really talk about like four or five shows. And when I was thinking about the ones I really loved, they all, um, not surprisingly, were horror-inspired, horror remake, a horror film turned musical. Um, So I basically made this connection uh, that these musicals that I was studying which I was trying to create a subgenre called a morbid musical. I basically lined out when they were popular. Okay. And I had to go way in the beginning to like the French, um, the French theater, uh, the uh, Grand Gugnal, which is like exploitation. Like people were getting butchered in live theater um, as a form of entertainment. Yeah. Um, like gladiators like (laughs) really primitive yeah um and then because i was studying shows like heathers and american psycho and little shop they uh just kind of their structure when i was looking at reviews between those shows and then reviews between um like 90s slasher films they're very similar like they all Hmm. kind of say they all kind of touch on the fact that they have like dark humor they uh are bloody uh (laughs) there's there's a decent amount of like uh violence dark humor satire in some way shape or form or like just cheeky snarky tone to them uh so I literally had to study why people liked morbid entertainment, which was a whole chapter in like cognitive science, which is something I've never ever thought I'd had to uh, look up or read ever in my lifetime. That's um, wild. Yeah. I feel like we need to do another, just like a whole deep dive into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why people like morbid entertainment. And yeah. Yeah, I was oh, yeah. basically... Exactly. I was basically trying to articulate that it's not a perversion and it's been happening since the dawn of time and it doesn't make you a psycho. It doesn't make you like perverse. It doesn't make you creepy. Yeah. So I was, I was trying to kind of like under the radar because I definitely didn't have enough theater sources and scholars for my advisor's liking, but I wanted to, I wanted to write something that was like a love letter between musical theater and horror which are the only two things I've ever like really had a passion about. So that was, yeah, that was basically it. And I found that I keep 
going back to the 90s and probably because I was born in 90 and I was um, discovering these movies probably way too early. And if it was like later because my brothers, uh, my brother and sister who are five and six years older than me liked them and kind of kept them around. So I get to I got to watch them (laughs) and be obsessed with them right along with the generation I think they were intended for, you know. Yeah. You know what? It's interesting that you say that because I find that a lot of at least the the horror fans that I've spoken to, they were exposed to horror films at a time where they felt probably was too early. Like yeah. they they saw some movie, whether yeah. it be like a you know, a, The Shining or Halloween or something that's just like super like iconic they saw it at a very very early age and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're set for life like (laughs) and it's all objective right like what's what's too early what's the right time i mean some people might argue that it's never the right time to see something like that because some people are not interested in or you know unsure of why people like morbid entertainment and things like that because it's just it's just an understanding that they're not super familiar with so yeah right i mean i i think I would maybe argue that most people think that they were exposed to it too early because you just don't, you don't know when you're ever going to be ready for that. Right. I have vivid memories of watching, um, like I know what you did last summer and Halloween H2O. I vividly Mm. remember watching those on VHS, but so not in the theater, obviously, because let me look at these dates. I was seven and eight respectively. But (laughs) so I definitely wasn't in the theater for those. But I remember those films very specifically. I remember what was on the uh, the box of the VHS. I remember. I don't know. Like it's. I think that's that has to be that has to say something. Like you just said. Like it's it's what you're introduced to when you're young. And so like I kind of think about it the same way that people will criticize now, um, not criticize, but say like, how could you possibly think that's scary when they're talking about like your Texas chainsaw or your, um, even like the exorcist when, when like people watch it nowadays or even psycho, like actually any Hitchcock film and people watch them now, they recognize they're brilliant films, but it's like, that's not really scary. It's like, well, when it came out, it was pretty damn scary. (laughs) And also psycho specifically, like when that came out, you, you were definitely um, allowed to uh, shoot in Technicolor, um, but he Hitchcock didn't want to because it couldn't be as gory, right? As gory as he wanted mm. it. Yeah. And like he had a studio backing him, but I was reading that he basically did that mostly on his own dime and chose to that's... do it. Well, and it was cheaper to do black and white. So that's why he chose to do Psycho in black and white. Um because you know which thank goodness because yeah I mean, i'm sure like if it were shot in color it still would have looked it would still would have been an amazing film like not to poo poo but like yeah the fact it just that, might have not been as effective right yeah. right the, the fact that you're taking away you know the color that a lot of people see in their everyday life and then all of a sudden you're forced to watch this in a black and white black and white format right and people back then are, you know, were kind of being in, slowly introduced, like, okay, now for film, like, color's the new norm, right? And so that is just a jarring element by itself. Like, whoa, this film is going back? Like, why are we reverting? <laughs> like, why are we yeah. going back to the old ways? But the whole theme that things are not scary, depending on, like, you know, when they came out and, like, generational gaps and all that stuff, like, I still find these films scary. Like, of course, I know what's going to happen, but, like... <laughs> I don't know if they maintain that charm. They do. They're charming, but they're scary and they're witty and they're super meta and their characters know (laughs) the rules, but that still doesn't save their lives most of the time. Right. Right. Um, And it's just, I mean, like you said, with how you remembered these certain details with the VHS tapes, like there's something about some older things that, we remember like from our childhood or whatever that just have way more of an impact like a VHS tape specifically we've talked about a couple of the like the first VHS tapes that we were introduced to and just the integrity of them you 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 just had to like work for it a little bit more like Mm -hmm. I kind of miss that I 
obviously love the picture quality and realistic factors that we have now with um, Blu-ray and 4K and things like that. But there was just something about like putting in a VHS tape and then that was it. Yeah. And if you needed to go back, you have to like wait for it to rewind. And <laughs> yeah. now you're seeing everything in reverse. So it's not like you can just skip to a different scene or something like that. It's just, and then you have to rewind the whole thing to watch it again. And it's just so. I do. I do. So I just want to say something real super duper quick. And then I want to dive deep into the start of the 90s slasher cycle. Yeah. I have to tell you, Rhiannon okay. has never seen Psycho. Oh, really? Yeah, I have not. Oh, that'll be a fun night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we will watch it. I've I mean like I've, you know, like people make reference to it. They post certain things about it. Like yeah. I've seen those types of things. It's just yeah, I've never I I don't know. I don't know why I've never sat down and watched it. That's so interesting. I think it's just never come up. That's sure. Did you, uh did you see the 98 like Gus Van Zant's <laughs> remake? No. The shot for shot. You should see it's something it's a nice you should see it. it's something it, like it's a piece of history I mean yeah it, it's I, part of the maybe I, we'll I, watch I, them back to back that might be a lot <laughs> I well no actually that would probably be the best way to do it because then that would the original and the superior film would be like you know in your Very brain fresh. and yeah. you know what like you have to applaud him uh Gus Van Zandt for you know you can tell that he this guy really loved this film and it it was a passion project of his and he made so much money uh, or he made enough money that he could do it relatively on his own. Um, mm-hmm. Even though he did have a major, if I'm remembering correctly, he had a major studio backing him very similar to, you know, Hitchcock was psycho, but he still wanted to make it like the way he wanted to make it. Um, which is applaudable, I think, yeah. uh, but it just didn't, I don't know whether it was, the film is too, like, we all know it. Like, it's in the zeitgeist. Like, people know scenes and phrases and everything from that movie. So it's hard to, I feel like it would be hard. It was probably difficult for um, Vince Vaughn and, like, Anne Heche to do that without. And who's, uh, I believe, Ju- wasn't Julian Julianne Moore played her sister, I believe? Yeah, I think so. I think um, that's right. It was probably hard for them not to have those performances, like, looming over everything they did. So. But I, I do got to say, I mean, Vince Vaughn was, in my opinion, I thought he was a pretty great Norman Bates. I thought he held up pretty well. That may be an unpopular opinion, but I thought yeah. he was pretty good. I have a lot of unpopular opinions with films <laughs> that I'm like, that I'm slowly realizing because I listen to a lot of horror podcasts and I watch, you know, horror docs and yeah, all that stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't agree. I have, you know, a lot of horror scholarship on my bookshelf, but there's a lot of things that I'm like, oh, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) But then you start to question, you're like, oh God, am I the weird one? Like, am I not seeing what these people are seeing or, (laughs) you know, so I understand I I got you because I, there's a, there's a entry that's way further down near uh, the end of the cycle that I thought was Kind of similar to, did you guys get around to seeing, I know what you did last, I still know what you did last summer or no? We sure we did. Absolutely oh, you did. did. Okay, great. Yeah. I think we watched it like that night. Like, we, it, was, <laughs> it was, it was really close to when we talked. We were like, okay, well now we got to. Oh, yeah. Cool, we cool, recorded cool. the original episode and then, which by the way, if you're keeping track this is a full on drinking game at this point. So every time we reference the previous <laughs> <laughs> recording that we did of oh, this, excellence. you got to take a sip. So, so, no, so now we'll just, we'll just mention it even more. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we, I think it really, I think it was the next night we watched the, that's good. You should watch it last summer. I think it's good to watch those like semi, like as back to back as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, but that movie, that film is, which was, oh yeah, uh, 1998. Okay. Which also, I never realized it was directed by Danny Cannon. He is the go-to director for like the DC universe at the CW. And he oh, also wow. like, he also did, he was the, um, I want to say the sh- showrunner or he created by, he did the Gotham series. Oh, <laughs> so that's that, crazy. That dude did the enjoyable but messy i still know what you did last summer i thought it was super fun um yeah, and it definitely was there's another sequel that came out in this cycle that was a sequel to a movie that was a couple years prior that was 
a mess, but I had so much fun. And it, I appreciate it. So I'm talking about uh, Urban Legend's Final Cut, which is a sequel to Urban Legend. Okay. Um, two different directors. The first one was uh, Jamie Blanks, and then this one, the sequel was John Ottman. So Urban Legends was trying to do it was the whole thing well first of all it came out a few months after scream 3 which was which did the movie within a movie within a movie device right um and that's kind of what urban legends uh final cut did except for it took place at a film school specifically and we follow our main character is trying to uh she's in film school she wants to be a director they're all working for this final semester prestigious Hitchcock Award, which if you get it, you're like guaranteed a directing spot on a major motion picture in Hollywood. You know, this oh, whole, it's, a, it's a movie, right? So the prizes <laughs> are very grandiose. But yeah, uh, the film that the student is making, the kills are being like mimicked from her scripts and they're happening. They're happening. Um, some of them. It gets kind of confusing, but I actually really like the device. They, you can't, sometimes you can't tell if the kills are real or not. Oh. Because they're happening simultaneously while Amy, who's played by Jennifer Morrison, who most okay. people probably know from House and Once Upon a Time. Sure. Um, which I was also, this is a very stacked cast, right? So <laughs> there's Jennifer Morrison, Eva Mendez, a very young Anthony Anderson. Um, uh, jo- Joey Lawrence, who was going by Joseph Lawrence at that point, at that oh point in, his, in his career. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really cool and it was trying to do something different. I wish like the script would, there were issues. I can't even, you know, but mm. another episode, another episode completely. Of, <laughs> I'm sure um, it was paying. Oh my, I rewatched it a second time because there's little details they do a lot of um, homage paying to Hitchcock's Vertigo, Psycho, and Strangers on a Train. And the oh, how cool. De- and the um, details or Easter eggs are so small, and they don't, like, slap you in the face with it that if you blink, mm-hmm. you miss it. And you really have oh. to look for it. Wow, and I love that. Most of the um, most of the music was scored and it was non-diegetic meaning it was like not in the film it was underscored much like a hitchcock film like you don't there's not a lot of music in the universe of the film Mm -hmm. except for you hear like amy she'll have headphones and she'll be running and you can kind of hear what she's listening to on her ipod Mm. but the rest of it is just like Strings going crazy like very much (laughs) paying an homage to i believe um Hitchcock's composer was named Bernard Herman. I was going to say that sounds just very Hitchcockian. Yeah. Um, so it, Hitchcockian. I think, Hitchcockian. I think that's a term, right? Probably. Hitch, Hitch, Hitchcockian? Better than like Hitchcockish? Hitch- yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I love that actually. Hitchcockish? It's, it's just like a little, it's a little Hitchcockish. It sounds like a foreign holiday. Like <laughs> happy Hitchcockish. <laughs> We drink to you prune and yours. juice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've been Hitchcock. <laughs> You've been Hitchcock. <laughs> like a oh Polish holiday or something. Oh, I love it. But oh, anyway, man. yes. Oh no, I just it's it's similar. It was similar to um like a scream too. It 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 was very similar in like the sequel, the sequels that came out during the same sure. cycle that its originals came out. Where like they're kind of messy. And probably it seems like with just the timeline of all of them, super rushed because okay. they all did so well. The first, mm. like the originals, um, but they were still fun and enjoyable. And Urban Legends, at least the kills. Um, did you guys just see the first Urban Legend? I haven't have seen either of them. I don't know about you. I don't think I don't think that I have. I so don't know. F- it sounds it sounds super familiar. Like I have. But, I'm sure it's like one of those I know what you did last summer things where I'll start watching it and I'll yeah. be like, well, maybe I, I have that, seen this. That happened to me when I watched it a few years ago. I was like, I don't think I've at, I have actually seen this one like 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, I remember this completely. Yeah, so like, that well, movie. Oh, okay. I do that with 
every single movie ever ricky <laughs> ricky will be like oh yeah you know blah 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 and i'm like oh did i see that and he's like yeah we watched it together and i'm like what's it about and he's like blah 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 this is what it's about and i'm like no i don't think i watched that and then he shows me a trailer and like 30 seconds into the trailer i'm like oh yeah 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 yeah. No, oh, I, I, seen I, I just line. have to see i just have to see a piece of it and see who's in it to to place it yeah well it's it i mean it the first urban legend came out in 98 so that's like in between scream 2 and scream 3 it has the cast of super hot teens that we teens they're all like their <laughs> right. mid 20s to early 30s but, yeah. you know. well actually <laughs> the 30-year-old no. teens okay right well actually urban legend takes place on a college campus so that's a little better mm. you know it's a little more believable <laughs> but it stars um alicia witt who was in um i know her from law and order okay um and that's about it but i know she was in um she was in some shows during that time so like people recognized her right and sure. also had a very young jared leto oh love um tara reed was in it uh oh you Re- don't love her <laughs> <laughs> i mean she did it i thought she did a great job <laughs> i'm a little I like, biased i like tara reed i think she did a great job it's it's um who oh gosh who else rebecca gayhart and was also oh joshua jackson obviously Mm. i say that like you guys have seen it (laughs) oh well i mean i love joshua jackson Uh, joshua jackson was in that film curse is one of my favorite you do we will do a whole episode wait that was joshua jackson right cursed you're thinking of paul josh no joshua jackson was in curse of mike myers no, 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 cursed, cursed like the West like Craven, the cursed. West, West Craven's cursed. Oh, yes. Wait, hold on. Oh, no. She I'm said with a big question mark. Cursed. Oh, thank God. Yes, it is him. I would have been so embarrassed. Okay. You should have oh, been no. embarrassed because it's like probably your favorite movie. Cursed was and we're, I'll get us back on track in just a moment, but I have oh, to no. say cursed <laughs> is well, easily one of my favorite horror movies of all time because i know that it was a mess to make and i know that well plus i I saw it at like a very very early age and that was one of the films that was like early 2000s so it was like fresh off of the and you love christina ricci i love christina ricci Mm. i will never not love christina Mm. ricci (laughs) she can do zero wrong we watch cursed at least five times a year like <laughs> like that's an exaggeration but. it's not it's not an exaggeration <laughs> ricky sometimes will just be like do you want to watch cursed and just pull out the dvd because how can you not anyway let's Why get back not? on track i have i have so many movies like that i i man i just yesterday uh was my boyfriend's birthday and we were all just kind of got out of the pool like figuring out what else to do. We've never entered. It's, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We haven't entertained here. So yeah. we were kind of like, Oh, what do we do now? I'm like, should we put on screen four? Like, yeah. <laughs> Great choice. I mean, it got, t- it got, we watched, I think maybe 10 minutes of it. And our friends were kind of like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't appreciate well, it. Well, yesterday Ricky was trying to figure something to put on for me. And, um, I love like trash movies. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, so but this was like really scraping the bottom of the barrel for me he put on scary movie five Oof. I, don't even <laughs> I was like i like like the early Oof. scary movies when they were still funny and relevant and then Basically this was like the, the one Anna Ferris scary movies yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. and then this was the one with charlie sheen and Lindsay lohan and as soon as it started oh, i was like no. oh this yeah. is interesting. I needed to take a shower after. I felt dirty. It just after felt the like, opening it, scene. Yeah, it didn't feel right. But in any case, um, speaking of scary movie, that was the original title for, title for Scream. Am I correct? That is correct, Ricky. That was a great transition, <laughs> that was Ricky. very formal, wasn't it? Bra- bravo. Bravo transition, Ricky. For those following. That's correct, Mr. Have Ricky. listened since day one. I Ricky have been bad at transitions. Trash at transitions. So that oh. was... Marnie, if you had to grade my segue, what would you grade it? On a curve, I'd give that a solid B plus. Okay. I love I love on a curve. (laughs) Not straight out the gate, but nah. (laughs) On on the bell curve, that'll be like an eighty nine. 
Uh, so <laughs> so you it. at least, yeah, it's Ricky, great. you're definitely, you're almost to Dean's list, <laughs> but <laughs> you still got a little ways to go. I'm climbing up, baby. Yeah, so, you're almost there, but you were correct. Yes, <laughs> it was originally. <laughs> so as far as the, the teen slasher cycle goes, what would you say it was like the first, I guess, film to kind of kick it off? Or, or is there a first or? I, you know what? I, uh, oh wait, the first like ever, or the, are we still like the nineties? Which one was the first one? Uh, just the nineties. The nineties. Yeah, oh, it would be Scream. It would be hands down Scream. Oh Hands wow. down Scream. And that, that was like mid nineties. That was ninety six. Okay. So because the cycle before the ni- the third wave, which was like the nineties, like our screams are meta satirical self self referential horror was. Mm-hmm. 84 to 89, which were like your sequels to Halloween and um, Friday the 13th. But then you were also introduced to Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Um, And it kind of that like interim period between 89 and 96, you had, I think, films that were inching towards it. Like inch, mm. inching towards what most people would arguably consider as the breakout of the third cycle, which would be Scream. But you have um, 92's uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not the TV shows, came out five years prior, but this, which was also written by Josh, Joss, Joss Whedon. <laughs> I always say Josh and I have to catch myself because I have like this irrational fear that someone's going to listen and be very pissed off. You uh, never know. Jo- Joss Whedon, if you're listening, uh, Marnie Stone can be found at <laughs> one, two, three. No, no, no. no. I, I love you and all and your Buffy series. I have, I have a stake on my wrist. Oh, that's <gasps> wow. so cool. I didn't, so obviously you can't see it because you're listening oh, on you audio this but... is not great podcast fodder is it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> visuals don't bode well it's great for us. Work. um so for y'all listening it is a tattoo of uh buffy's favorite instrument of vampire destruction the wooden stake it is her favorite one she named him mr pointy <laughs> and it is on my wrist uh, is that true i didn't know that yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I could it's get so really fun. nerdy and do a deep dive of the TV show, but that's not what we're here to talk about. So <laughs> I will not digress. Um, well, we talked a little bit about um, Buffy in relation to our uh, Jennifer's oh, yeah. Body episode mm-hmm. because the good on you. That's one of my yeah. favorites too. Actually, I love Jennifer's Body. I always get so, so mad good. when people talk shit on Jennifer's Body. Oh my like, gosh! Oh yeah, no, it's so good. But we talked about how, um, because we watched a lot of, uh, and listened to a lot of interviews with Diablo Cody about how she had thought about turning Jennifer's body into a TV show and that she said her argument for it when everybody says, no, no, it won't work because Jennifer's body didn't do well, um, is that Buffy, the the film didn't do well and then made a killing for lack of a better term um as a tv series so you know what it's that also has a little bit to do with that joss sweden had more creative control with the show and so Mm. he was able to course correct it yeah um, because what he like his initial script what i was reading is that we saw in the 92 film with uh starring uh christy swanson and luke perry names that you know, mm-hmm. names and these beautiful people that people recognize that we can root for. And it's funny and it's scary, but it was so much less satirical and scary than uh, we didn't wanted it to be because, mm. you know, it was a it was a major studio feature film. So it was, you know, yeah, what they wanted it to be. And the studios, yeah, be. they kind of like slash it up and it wasn't really what he wanted it and it wasn't like the tone is off like it's one of my favorite movies but it you are kind of like uh i feel like they were trying to you know do something and it just couldn't you know land whereas yeah. right then, and what i mean like you said what great names to have associated with that pro- project in that time yeah i mean let me see oh oh we also in that interim we had which is like my biggest this was a a test baby for scream and i'm so glad it got made was west craven's new nightmare which was 94 oh Oh, my god we are huge fans 
That is my favorite Freddy movie. You literally can't get more meta than a new nightmare. Agreed. Oh my gosh. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's the definition of meta. You're literally yeah. getting the actors and actresses who played their characters playing each other, like versions of themselves. Versions right. of themselves playing their characters, yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. And fun, f- not fun fact, not so fun. Well, it's just it's a, a fact. fact. It's a fact. Um, and fact. Yeah, right. Um, the all that like earthquake footage that you saw and like how they like had that in the story was actual footage from Northridge. Cause there was like a huge devastating quake that like, yeah, it was, it was really, really bad. Um, in the mid eighties, that was a real earthquake that we saw then. So, um, like the news footage. Oh, that, oh my God. The news okay. footage. No, not I... like, I was like, like, that seems borderline snuff film. Like I was <laughs> no, like, no, that no, is no, really no. morbid. <laughs> It's like, no. oh my god no like, not like but no. the news footage how could they oh, the news footage. The timing right like, okay we got to get cast and crew on set they were for like this earthquake <laughs> well that worked out no no Didn't no have to spend it money was, on that earthquake. it was prior the news footage um okay, okay. that makes sense <laughs> yeah but wow. i think yeah i think that is a great that was a great blue blueprint for scream yeah because it is Big funny, time. but like he, you know. Also, I think it was the only time that Wes Craven was in a film playing Wes Craven himself. Yeah. 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 Which, he was he was in it. A longtime producer, Bob Shea, was in it, who did all mm-hmm. of the nightmares. Like what a wild thing. Like, I wish I, I wish when that movie was in theaters, I had the appreciation and like the knowledge of of horror and like trivia under my belt at that yeah. time like and i could like go to the theater and go see this movie yeah and, like oh my god something's happening like oh. yeah like i can't even imagine how people felt seeing something like that well they oh, were like, probably wild. confused it's confused like when i was looking at <laughs> yeah. reviews for you know i mean scream was it was a it was a audience success but it was also critically a huge success right so you have like high like people at like the la times and the new york times praising it which like did not really happen that much before except for your like silence of the lambs which of course was an oscar oscar winning film but it was like a it wasn't it it wasn't categorized as a horror it was like a psychological thriller so you could get away with it you know yeah critics didn't know what they were seeing was something like at that point like a new nightmare um and it was very similar to when i was looking up for reviews for when i was doing my research on musical theater and looking at reviews sure. for uh sweeney todd and american psycho like all of the reviews were like yeah it's I don't know if I'm supposed to be like scared or terrified. It's very violent. Like, what do we do? And so it would get bad right. reviews, but it's just because you don't know what you're looking at. So you don't know how right. to assess what you're seeing, basically. Yeah. And anytime, I mean, I think that that's probably calling back to your earlier thoughts on like the first time people saw Rocky Horror. I'm sure they were like, uh what is this scary or is this and then they started doing like the shadow cast and live shows and things like that and i'm sure uh, well still i know because we go to them sometimes uh, people are probably like what is everybody doing like why are they throwing things and why it's just a different type of experience than you're yeah. used to having well especially with new nightmare when when you're used to seeing you know, like you think that you're just going to see another Freddy movie, and then all of a sudden, oh, and he was scarier too. Like that's another yeah. thing. I feel like Wes Craven is super good at seeing where with the Nightmare franchise and what eventually happened with Scream. Like the tone, it gets so off the beaten path of what made it so special that, yeah. um, at some point for both of his like major franchise that have defined his career he corrects it back because yeah. i feel like scream four was a very much like okay we got to return to form here 
And because, you know, Scream 3 was such a hot mess that <laughs> yeah, well, you have to well, like go know. back. It was just, I think Scream 3 was just such a like drastic and dramatic departure from the Scream vibe. Yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, that that's a great way to put it. That Scream 4 really was such a great return to form. I mean, they yeah. tried, they really went for the whole meta movie within well, a movie type I think, thing. I think with a couple of these, and we talked about this a little bit in our sequels episode, but just sometimes they just get so comfortable with, well, the audience is loving everything that we're making. So yeah. let's mm, right. like, maybe try to like push it a little bit further or we can do whatever we want at this yeah. time. Really not unlike when... I mean, again, calling back to this episode, but it's just so relevant to a couple of things. Um, when Diablo Cody was talking about how she had just made Juno and yeah. they were like, you can make whatever you want now. Like that's yeah, carte that's blanche. what gets to happen. And okay, she great. made, yeah. And she was like, amazing. I'm going to make Jennifer's body. And she made it. And they were like, nope. <laughs> like hated it, it. we said, yeah, make anything you want, but not a horror movie. Yeah. What are you doing? Right. Not yeah. like that. And yeah, I think the so. studios did a huge disservice with that film too because they marketed it poorly. Oh, I yeah. think it was poor. It was piss poor marketing, right? Because hundred percent, hundred percent. What her intention was wasn't like I don't know. I don't think it was about like it. Sh- I don't know. I it just, wasn't about Jennifer's body, literally. literally. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. But how could you not think it with like Megan Fox in this hot skimpy cheerleader outfit, mm-hmm. like with blood dripping from her mouth? You know, yeah. it's like you but look they at it. Like what they needed to do is market it to the girls who loved Buffy. Like, yeah, like pretty much. quite yeah. literally, that's what it, they needed yeah. to do because. Well, the girls and me, because I love Buffy. <laughs> I really oh, did. I love Buffy. There are many, but, there are many men who love Buffy. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah but absolutely. I'm just saying, like, I they definitely should have tried to market it more to women because I think, like, it's such a female-powered show or film that that's the audience you wanted to get in your seats and those are the critics that you wanted to see it. For Not, sure. You didn't well, want the high school like a boys. Right. Not yeah. really. Like, she's got blood dripping from her mouth, but you'll still see her naked. Like, <laughs> I mean... Thank you for listening to part one of our two-part episode with our guest, Marnie Stone. Stay tuned for the second episode. We hope you enjoy. <laughs>